for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Oh, yeah. Where else could you be on a Saturday morning? Get an education on Arizona wine making and beer brewing. And then move to vinyl flooring. You know what? That can only happen one place. And both topics be as equally interesting. At my house. Rosie on the house. Absolutely. Arizona Farm Bureau in here last hour talking about uh, wine growing and making and beer brewing all right here in the great state of Arizona. Interesting, interesting. I've, I've, I, it was a pleasure meeting a male, and um, I've never heard, I've heard of a lot of wine pairings before, but I've never heard of a good wine that goes with an egg breakfast. <laughs> that was great. That was absolutely great. Well, let's change the subject right now. We're going to change the subject to your house, home, castle, or cabin. And we're going to do that with the topic of the week. We're going to talk about vinyl flooring in particular. We'll talk all flooring. We've got flooring experts here in studio with us this morning. If you've got any kind of question about any kind of flooring, I'm confident we could handle that question today. You would call that question in or participate in the conversation by dialing one 767 4348 That's one rosie the number four, and the letter U, one triple eight rosie for you. We'd love to hear from you, the Arizona homeowners. I want to hear from all you Arizona homeowners that have uh, ripped carpet out in the last 10 years. I've been in remodeling for 45 years, and it was the second remodeling job I ever did in my life where we were removing carpet that was so stinky, filthy, nasty, I swore I'm never going to have carpet in my house ever again. (laughs) It was so bad. So we've brought the uh, experts in from Bram Flooring, Rosie Certified Flooring Contractor in Maricopa County, Mr. J.J. Scott. J.J., welcome. Thank you. And Mr. Aaron Taylor. Thank you. All righty. And Mr. Mitch. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for carving time out of y'all Saturday to come in and join us. Well, carpet overwhelmingly took the flooring market over in the 50s and 60s and 70s. But what have you seen in the last, say, five years? Well, I've seen probably over even more so the last five years, uh, the um, traditional house being wall-to-wall when you first walk in, hallways, bathrooms even, sometimes in kitchens, uh, with it being carpet. Uh, That's pretty much eliminated now. Everything is hard surface. Um, it's um, uh, anywhere that you have a, a, a traffic area, uh, we're putting hard surface in there. Uh, that's going to wear better. And carpet's meant more now for um, your bedrooms, your formal rooms, uh, the rooms that you're really living on, that you're on. They're just not, you're just not putting carpet in there more. But you are getting carpets made today that are um, they're water-resistant, waterproof. The water won't get into the backing, um, and that's that's a good feature, but it's still being overtaken by the vinyl plank. Uh, the whole industry is. That's that's what it is. Carpet sales have gone down. Vinyl plank has gone up. So. 
And when we used to carpet homes wall to wall, they weren't 4,500 square feet. No. <laughs> you know, m most, I mean, even, even the new builds today, you know, a lot of them are in the 25. You know, they're, they're, the homes are a lot bigger. So it, it, that, that's a lot of carpet. It is a lot of carpet, and carpet is expensive. A flooring in general is expensive. Um, the houses that we're going into now, we're doing bids on houses that are 5,000 square foot. You know, still some carpet, but the main areas uh, where you're living and walking are going to be a hard surface. And in the past, it has been tile. Uh, now it's gone more towards the vinyl plank to where when this product started coming out about, uh, I'd say, nine or ten years ago when we started seeing it, uh, nobody knew about it. Uh, today, everybody that comes in my store is pretty familiar. They're looking for that. They're looking for it. They're searching for it, and they're coming to us to get it. Okay, so when I hear vinyl, I, in my mind, it's the stuff you roll out and glue down. And then if you ever replace it, you got to get a scraper, and you're scraping it up in these little tiny uh, chunks, and it's coming off. I mean, this these vinyl planks you're talking about, this isn't something you roll out. It's not in a, a sheet. Yeah, it's not sheet vinyl or linoleum. It's, um, it, it's, it installs just like laminate. So it's like a laminate floor, but it's not a laminate core. It's, a, it's either going to be a wood-based core or it's going to be a stone-based core. Um, so um, the sheet vinyls that we all remember, they're still there. Just, you just don't see them that much. And then they're just also the installers. You don't see them as much either. Yeah, right, they're kind right. of dying off a little bit. So. Well, and then, you know, this plank, what kind of life expectancy, um, well-maintained, properly installed? I mean, you're, you're <laughs> I don't want to say lifetime. <laughs> cause, uh, well, but... that's what those warranties are saying. But, you know, that all depends on the product that you're putting in. You know, there's good and bad uh, in, any, in any product. If you're putting in a, a, a low-end product, it's not going to hold up. It doesn't have the features. There's a reason something costs a dollar. I mean, talk, talk about that a little bit, because when when vinyl flooring came out and the, the faux flooring came out 10, 15 years ago, an awful lot of it went down. I mean, it took over the market. But we've ended up having to go back and fix problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, talk, talk about what y'all have seen in in the dilemmas and how how the evolution of the product has come to developed to overcome some of those problems yeah so when we first started selling this stuff when it first was introduced to us it was just a vinyl plank it looked like a piece of laminate it had not a, a pad attached to the back of it it was uh sold as being waterproof you could um lay it right on the floor without a pad underneath it um, and that was about it there wasn't much to it and we, as we started getting into it and getting heavier into it, we saw some issues right off the bat with um, noise, uh, with just possibly a little piece of sand uh, underneath between the floor yeah. and the product. You would actually hear that scratch. And so we started putting an underlayment. You could put an underlayment if you wanted to, uh, extra money. If you didn't want to spend the money, you didn't have to. But we started just in, incorporating that into our sale so we didn't have that call back later on. Um, and then a few a few years later, they started taking all of those products and putting a pad attached to them. And so you now had that pad attached, and that eliminated some problems. But as time has come on, we've started noticing moisture problems. Moisture and waterproof uh, vinyl plank doesn't make much sense, but uh, moisture will affect it. You've got chemicals in concrete that are being released in that moisture, and it's trapped underneath there, which can cause problems to your floor. 
So there are some of the manufacturers, and, and this is one of the things about, about all the different products that are out there and the different manufacturers is they all have different warranties and different requ requirements, whether it's Cortec, whether it's uh, Mo Mohawk, whether it's Paradigm. They're all going to have some sort of installation guidelines that you need to, 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 um, to follow. And so with um, Cortec, they're going to require you to either moisture test your slab or put a six mil poly plastic underneath to trap that moisture and push it out to the walls. If you don't do that, your, your product can fail and it's not going to be warrantied. Uh, another, another thing that we're seeing is they don't want us to set the baseboards directly on the product. That's, like, so, that's so counterintuitive for a for a trim carpenter, it, it, you, it, it, know, you want me float the baseboard? <laughs> well, they're wanting a uh, they're wanting a, a, a credit card width gap, which isn't really off, that yeah, much. Just but it allows for that movement. Now, will it lock it? I don't know, uh, because we have heavy furniture that's not locking it in. I know that they don't want us to put it underneath a cabinet, but if you have a a vanity dresser that's open, it's got to be sitting on there. So. There's a lot of like gray areas that you really need to look at those instructions. And I think one of the things like as us as a company that we try to do is educate. And I know that from being on this show, there's not going to be 100,000 people at my door on Monday wanting to buy vinyl plank from me. You're going to buy it here. You're going to buy it there. I think what we try to do is, uh, is just to inform people that you really got to know what you're doing. If you're, if you're, uh, you're going to do it yourself, make sure you're reading those instructions and, and following them to a T because this is a lot of money that you could be throwing away. So, um, as I, I can remember in the nineties, we were doing a lot of authentic wood floors and there's a whole family of different products. You can go to there, uh, site finished, engineered, um, you know, a half a dozen different varieties. Um, Arizona environment isn't particularly conducive to that product. And I, as I remember in the late 90s, wood simulated porcelain plank tile became so incredibly popular. It was going down everywhere. And then this vinyl came out. It looks really good. It's so much softer on your feet and your legs and so much quieter to live with. I think I, I haven't put down a wood simulated wood simulated porcelain tile in 15 years <laughs> it's been a long time we do a lot of it it's you still, still do a lot oh of it. yeah yeah um i think in the tile industry what we've seen go away is as tiles have gotten bigger eight by eight 12 by 12 13 16 sure 18, th those are those square tiles kind of going away a little bit we don't have that selection i have a ton of wood looking tiles and the wood look tiles in the 90s those six by 24s yes yeah they look like laminate, kind of, in a way. They weren't didn't look as real, but the stuff that's out today is pretty realistic, and and the durability on them is is top notch. Well, very good. Uh, so we're it's here, still going. We're here with Bram Flooring, Rosie Certified Flooring Contractor, serving Maricopa County, uh, talking about floor covering. If you've got a question about floor covering, you're welcome to join us at one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. And let us know what flooring project you're trying to tackle. The topic today is primarily vinyl flooring. And I want to get back to that because there's so many different breeds 
of vinyl flooring. We'll go into the differences and the quality and the calibers that are available when we get back with Bram Flooring. I'm walking the floor over you. I can't sleep a wink, that is true. I'm hoping and I'm praying as my heart breaks right in two. Walk in the floor over you. Oh, Billy Bird now. Welcome back, Arizona homeowners, to Rosie on the House. Where the topic of the hour right now is floor covering. In particular, we wanted to focus on vinyl flooring because of the huge trend to vinyl flooring that we've seen in the last five or six years. Um, so let's talk about the different quality. I mean, you, the different mill thickness of the top layer of the finish makes a difference, what the substrate is, what it gets put on, how the floor is treated. Uh, JJ, you want to talk a, a bit about what kind of floor prep we need to be thinking about? Floor prep, yeah, that's an important one and kind of one that if you're not reading those instructions, like Mitch said, you're going to miss it and and and, um, and have a lot of money go down the drain pr pretty quick. Um, you know, the slightest thing on, on floor prep with, the, with a lot, lot of the new vinyls that are out there, they're almost all going to have the pad attached to the back of the, the material. Um, and this is great. This helps with the sound deadening. Um, so, you know, a grain of sand doesn't affect you the same way as it, it would have when it, before the, before the pad became attached. Um, but the, the requirements for some of the slabs are, um, you know, what is it? The three sixteenths within 10 feet or something yeah, it's like is, is 10 feet, yeah. for most of them. Um, so any pooling in the slab, any, uh, cracks, even minute height differences, all those things need to be addressed. Um, yeah, you know, and a lot of times if that's missed, you end up with, you know, click unwanted noise, um, separation, lock failures, um, little toe catches on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> lippage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So floor prep is critical. I've got a question for you guys. Um, how about, uh, post-tension slabs? They, we, that, that became a big wave for home builders for a while. Uh, it's, it's still a good mix of, of homes, but that presents some special challenges for you floor covering guys. Yeah, the um, post-tension slabs are great for certain things like tile because you don't have to worry about an expansion joint. Then you don't have to worry about that movement or grout cracking or tiles popping. Um, I'll tell you what's really hard is when you're trying to drill into a post-tension slab to moisture test a slab. Yes. It's kind of scary a little bit. Yes, it is. You have to be very careful. Absolutely. Uh, or even when we're, we're trying to do like an ADA shower. Shower, yeah. You were trying to take out so layers of con uh, concrete and get down and we got to get around those those cables and you don't want to cut one that's that can be bad real bad now you were talking three sixteenths within 10 feet mm -hmm. on a slab can you find that in a post-tension slab don't they tend to be a little bit wavier than a conventional slab yeah so that's where i see a lot more of the pooling uh, I call it pooling where, you know, out of nowhere for almost no reason, seemingly the, the slab drops and has a, a pool. Basically, if you were to pour water on it, it there'd be a puddle there. Um, 
you know, and, and all those issues need to be filled, whether grinding the high or, or, or patching the low. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think Arizona homeowners have near the appreciation they need to have for subsurface moisture and the problems that can cause. And that's part of the dilemma that we had with earlier vinyl as well. The moisture from the slab you were talking about, y'all early on began laying vapor barriers down. Yeah, correct. I know like with a, like with wood floors, you know, we have a, a certain process that we have to do to moisture test that slab. Uh, there's different processes that you can do, but there's only one real one that, that, that is the most accurate, and that's drilling into the slab down 40%, putting in a, a capsule, and then coming back a day later and reading what that temperature is. And that's, gonna, that's where all your moisture is, about 40%. That's where that resonates. That's where that sits. So we can come in and we can tell you exactly the moisture content of that slab. And at that point is when we can determine what you need to do next. If it's good, let's go. If it's not good, then we have to do uh, like a plan a seal on it to cover that slab and put, push that moisture out. And one of the, I think people really. Is that a chemical seal that you paint a it, roll on? Or uh, is it it's a, a, like is almost a like a fabric? glue, like okay. a glue. All right. Yeah, real thin. You put it on thin and it almost melts out and gets flat. Kind of self Yeah, so you don't, you don't get the trowel mark on it. Okay. Um, I think uh, people are surprised at how much moisture we have in our, in our slab because it's so dry here. Like, well, it's dry. How I can know. we have that moisture? <laughs> Ground is wet the concrete's porous and it's dry so it's pulling it up and it's only one way for it to release and that's up and if you've got something that's in that's keeping it from escaping anywhere else it's going to start damaging that to get out and if that's a wood floor if that's um, um, a vinyl floor it's going to do what it's got to do that's why we put a moisture barrier underneath the laminate floor is for moisture so homeowners i want y'all to picture this uh, your home on your lot. Maybe it's all desert landscaping, but you've got a couple things that need to be watered right up against the foundation. Maybe it's a raised flower bed. Maybe it's a garden area. Maybe whatever it is, a hedge of some type. And you're watering right there around the perimeter of, the, of your exterior footing. That moisture can migrate to underneath the footing, underneath your slab. Your air conditioning comes on, and it literally acts like a suction vacuum, pulling that moisture up out of the slab, onto the surface, and into your house. That's just the facts. That's what we need to deal with. That's what we're here to protect you from at Rosie on the House. lifetime when you bought a house in the 50s we had to stain the concrete red it was called FHA red and it had to be stained and sealed for you to get an FHA mortgage and flooring is only grown from there but uh, many of you my age will remember growing up on red concrete floors and then carpeting was introduced. It was introduced as a, a clean product, a quiet product, a comfortable product. Uh, I still have floor covering guys today who try and convince me it, it, it makes a good air filter. And then I, then I start a vacuum and I 
put it on the carpet and I say, explain that to me. Uh, carpet has its place, but boy, it sure has lost its place as the wall-to-wall -wall throughout the house flooring product. It's been replaced by hard surfaces that you can put robot scrubbers and vacuums on and keep the floor looking good constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And in the hard flooring, hard surface flooring, you've got the really hard, uh, you, you've got the finished concrete, polished concrete. You've got terrazzo, not so much in residential. You've got uh, the, the uh, sautilla, the porcelain, the ceramic tile, all very loud, very hard. I, I find them very hard on my feet. Uh, but boy, this vinyl. Uh, I was one of the last ones, Mitch, to give up on sheet vinyl. Uh, when we would do remodels, for families, I'd tell them, look, you ought to consider a good quality vinyl with a cove base. And once a year, you can just hose out your house. <laughs> you can just really, really clean it. No baseboard. And it's very, very functional. And so with six kids around the house, we, we had several rooms that were done that way. And it was very easy to keep, very sanitary. Well, now we've migrated to a new level of this vinyl product. Talk a little bit about the differences of quality in the vinyl that's available. What would you think is the minimum price someone could pay for a product that they, they could be expect a good professional happiness with over two decades? I'd say you'd probably be in about that 350 range to start for that, the material. That's incredible. Yeah. That is a great deal. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, no, man, that is a great deal. Up to six bucks a foot, though, on some other stuff. So okay, what am, what am I getting higher. for six that I'm not you're, getting for three? So when you're getting into, uh, you know, a $3, 350 range, you're going to get uh, just a embossed flooring. It's not going to uh, register to the design. So you might see a knot in the, in the wood finish look. A picture. Yeah, and, uh, but you don't feel it. It's just lines going over it. So the Generic texture doesn't texture. match the print. Uh, maybe it's the thickness. Maybe you're going to be in a 12 mil. 20 mil is going to cost a little more. Uh, an SPC, which is a stone-based product, or uh, WPC, which is a, a wood-based product, Typically, those are going to be in that same range, but it's really more the um, the length. So the stuff is coming like six foot long, nine inches wide. That's going to cost more money than it does. A little bit longer. Yeah, it's going to cost more money than a than a than a five by forty eight piece. You know, it's just okay. bigger, more full, and that's actually more desirable of a look too. In my opinion, is that bigger is better. And so you're buying the depth of the finished layer. Correct. The entire depth of the product itself. Correct. And the substrate that the manufacturer is providing. Correct. Whether that's a rubber back or a, a cork back, like Cortec is going to be a cork back. Most of uh, all the other companies that are like notable companies are going to be like a, like a rubber cushion back on it. Okay. I'm asked all the time, can, is, is click down vinyl flooring a do-it-yourself project? What should a do-it-yourselfer know? A couple tricks of the trade. Uh, first off, I would read the instructions. <laughs> Any type of video, uh, YouTube. Okay. And if you want to install it yourself, YouTube it. You can get a lot of information. You can fix a car 
if you don't know how to fix a car, but now you do, right? So I would I would definitely look at YouTube, uh, read the instructions, ask people. Start uh, with good product Maybe if selection. you know somebody that – I wouldn't ask your neighbor who did it because he doesn't know. I would maybe ask if you know somebody that – Know somebody that does flooring, maybe get some pointers from them. Or maybe how, how do you start laying it out? I've, I've brought home 14 boxes to do my middle bedroom. How, how, how do I get that started? Well, you'd want to measure out, make sure that you're, you're square. Uh, you don't want to be crooked in there, although you can adjust it because it's a floating floor. But your final product, you want it to be in there straight. Um, and, what, and you can't what, assume that your room was square. The you know, if, yeah, if they're the, never square. They're yeah. Only one wall, yeah. one wall right? And pick it. You know, all you have to be off from one side to the other um, on a, you know, the framing crew could be off by an eighth of an inch. The wood could warp another eighth of an inch. Sure. You know, you're, you're off a quarter inch from one side to the other. You can never see that with your eye. But when you get down there in your product, you're like, what? This, what? <laughs> why? Why isn't this? Square. Well, the rooms never are. Like you Correct. said, the one wall is. Yeah, we used to, like with tile, we would do the, uh, are you familiar with like the three, four, five in the oh, corner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we would do that. And, and a, vinyl, a vinyl plank, it just doesn't matter because you could be crooked, you know, two, three rows in and push it over and it's a floating floor. You can move it. Okay. But typically you're going to start on a wall that's a bearing wall because those are typically going to be a lot, a lot, um, uh, more straight than like a hallway. Okay. Like hallways can be all, all right. over the place. And then you'll do a couple, two, three rows at a time and go, and then you start back and go again. But those are going to be in your instructions. If, if you don't have instructions in your, in your box, then you need to be making a phone call from where you got it and not and just get, put it in. I mean, to get started, you've got to take a razor blade, cut the caulk on top of all your baseboard, and remove the baseboard. Correct, yeah. Well, you can leave it if you're going to put cord around, but it's kind of a cheap look in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Uh, I like to have that. And this is a op- perfect opportunity for, for you as a homeowner to be able to upgrade a baseboard at that time because the baseboards that were put in, even in my home, they were two and a quarter inch baseboard. It's not even baseboard, it's casing. You know, that they just, yeah, it's a lot cheaper just to keep it going. Right. Uh, but um, so I upgraded at that time. Baseboard's not that expensive, it's, it's, it's pressed wood. Uh, it's not that expensive to, for the material. The labor, it's whatever anybody's going to want to charge you. So, um, It is a great, great opportunity, opportunity to yeah. enhance the look of a room. Yeah. Get rid of that two and a quarter, two and five eight streamline um, baseboard. Pull it out, razor blade cut right across the top, break it loose, get in, snap in your floor, and all new baseboard. Correct. And then the reason that you're going to want to cut your caulking at the top is because it's connected to your wall and you're going to take your drywall with it if you don't. And if you're going to upgrade that base, you're also going to cover any damage that's maybe right there as well. And usually, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, JJ, just about the, the important on the prep. When somebody wants to start a project, you know, you, you, for, the prep work is not fun. You want to get... You want to see something. You want to have something to show for. So rushing it, getting it down, uh, all those things that, you know, you can cut so many corners getting to that point. But every cut corner, you're just adding, you know, you're shortening the the quality and the the lifetime of the product at the end point. It's just not worth, you know, if if it takes you five extra weekends than you planned on spending doing it, it's going to take you five extra weekends. It's going to be a lot, that's a lot less 
to pay for than having to start all over again or having to do it again or pay someone else to come back and fix it. Yeah, yeah. You wanna you don't want to rush into what you're doing, and it's every, yeah, like you said, a, a cut corner could be could cost you a lot in the in the long run. Whether it's not proper expansion underneath the baseboards, uh, maybe um, you know we. Uh, <laughs> One of the things I, that I see when I walk into homes, and I can always tell when a, when a homeowner's done it, is when they've laid a, a, like a, a laminate floor, but they didn't uh, Undercut. stagger it. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's it's a like seam. tile across here, and it's like ready to fall apart. I've seen uh, underneath laminate floors, I've seen carpet padding. Uh, and, and the customer didn't know why their floor was unlocking. Oh, my not goodness. not supposed to put carpet pad underneath there. You can't put double pad. It'll unlock it. So. Was it the existing pad? But it was going to be softer. Oh. Uh, no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, if I'm doing that hypothetical hall bedroom, uh, converting it to an office, and I, I want that hard surface, what am I going to do at the door threshold where it meets the carpet? So at the door threshold, anytime where where it's meeting the carpet um, and comes to a stop without a baseboard, you're going to need some sort of molding there. When we meet carpet, we like to use a, a end cap or a baby threshold um, just because the edge of that molding kind of is blunt. It comes gives you a nice surface to tuck to. Um, some manufacturers don't offer those. You could use a reducer um, to... to give you something to tuck the carpet to. And it really gets tough if I'm coming up against a tile floor. That, that gets a, I think that's a tougher detail. It can be, uh, product selection is going to be something there and keep bearing in mind when you're prepping the surface that, you know, if, if you're running up to stone, um, stone is obviously a lot thicker than tile. It's, you're going to have some height difference yeah, there on some of that material. Uh, you know, and you don't want your T mold to sit there pitched. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't help the life. Skanky, of the skanky. Yeah. <laughs> now one one of the other things, like with the height difference, like with these travertines or the satil, which is still around a little yeah, bit, yeah. not as popular as it was, is with that height difference, we got to be real careful that when we're laying a floor, that we're not causing a tripping hazard for somebody. Sure. And so that's one of the nice things because this vinyl plank's a lot thinner than a than a laminate floor. They're making some of this uh, vinyl plank even thicker. Shaw has one uh, that's uh, a half inch. Uh, Cortec has one in the Grande series, 916. So stuff is this thicker than wood. Okay. But it gives you that level transition so you can go from one to the other without having a, a, a step down or a step up that could cause a, a tripping hazard for someone in your home. Now we've been trying to give some DIY tips out for folks uh, if they want to try and tackle it themselves. How about if... How about if they don't want to tackle it themselves? How would they get a hold of Bram? Well, they can reach us uh, sell, uh, on our um, from our website, bramflooring.com. Our phone number is 623-974-9777. Uh, that's the best and, way right there. And you don't need an appointment for the showroom. No, we're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 3. Um, Saturday, we're open 8 to 2. We just opened up on Saturday. And I will say, we got some really big news that's going to be coming this coming year. We're not talking. I know you that you guys know about it, but it's uh, it's in the process right now. And awesome. We're going to be having something big to, to talk about next year. Very good. Yeah. And that's so it's open today uh, on Saturdays, new on Saturdays. And current location? 107th Avenue in Union Hills in Sun City, Arizona. Northwest corner. 
Northwest corner. That's good. That's good. <laughs> your ser- your service area. Where, uh, where do you like to serve? We go all the way. I got a job we're doing in uh, Queen Creek. Uh, we go to Buckeye. We're all okay. over. We're, I mean, we're okay. we're not. When it gets slow, you'll go wherever. And and we do a lot of stuff with um, like property management management companies, okay. commercial stuff. So we can't just say we're going to do here. Very good. We are all over. Well, you brought in the next generation of Bram flooring, your son, Aaron. When we get back, I want to talk a little bit about Aaron's decision to enter to the trades and, uh, and, and what, a, what a brilliant decision I believe that is, given the curve on the future labor pool of yeah. America. When we get back, Aaron Taylor. Flooring is our topic of this Saturday's On the House Hour, or 9 o'clock hour. We spend the whole hour talking about something specific on your home castle or cabin. We've been talking floors with brand flooring, and we're going to switch just a tiny bit because no matter what you're doing on your home, it requires the skilled uh, labor to physically do the work. And uh, constantly talking about the labor shortage that we have for skilled workers and uh all over. I, I don't think there's any one area that they've got an oversupply of skilled laborers anywhere in the world. Um, you know, that the old school uh, craftsmanship just isn't being taught. I mean, it's a huge detriment. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, and we want to talk about Aaron. You've uh, recently graduated and went straight into the trades. Yeah. Uh, I graduated on uh, May 15th and pretty much uh, as soon as June 1st came around, I started working full time. Uh, it was a big change, but uh, it, it was a good change. Uh, I like having the, the the daily grind of waking up and going out in the morning, helping cut carpet, then going out do measurements, helping out people. People, uh, it's a it's a good experience overall. Through your high school career, did you know that you were always going to do that, or were you constantly wrestling? Uh, with, it, am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to trades? What? It was a it was a wrestle. So I I really I still don't really know what I want to do. I originally wanted to do auto mechanics and went to school for two years for that and realized that's a little too stressful for me. So uh, I'd rather keep doing that as a hobby. But uh, I pretty much uh, started working with my dad at age sixteen and uh, well officially started working, but. Uh, Ever since I started there, it's just been growing and growing. I think uh, I'm just going to be sticking with this business. Yeah, he's been on job since he was about three. Well, I was going to say, there's there's when you started working for your dad, and then there's when you started getting paid. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Those are not the same thing. Yeah, he was cleaning grout lines at three years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of memories of my dad taking me out, going – to jobs where he'll go do all the hard work and what I thought was hard work, which was cleaning grout. Um, that's not that hard anymore, but that, that was a, a big job when I was three. But it's it's really just been something that I've, I've started to enjoy more and more. Very good. And, you know, there, it's nothing to say that, like you said, you're not even sure that, you know, what you want to do, it, yeah. but you've got steady income and that gives you options. Yeah. that I've, you, You're not carrying around this huge debt from a degree that there's no job demand for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I, uh, I decided to not really go into college. 
I haven't even looked into it at all. Uh, it's, I've just really wanted to kind of get my life started, get uh, money to where I can kind of really get my life started where I can move out and be my own imp- independent person. And, you know, it could be 40 years and you decide, I want to start make my own vineyard. And yeah. you go to college <laughs> at Yavapai well, Wine Central and you get your degree then. Yeah, I could do that. But uh, for the foreseeable future, I don't think I'm going to be doing any college. So, Well, it's a great career. And uh, the long-term trend is we need all the great young people recruited to the trades as possible. Yeah. It, it will make you a great living. It really will. JJ, we haven't had you on air very much. Uh, I know you're a big fan in this vinyl flooring product of the Mohawk product called Revwood. Yeah, so Revwood isn't, it's not actually a vinyl core. It, uh, it's a product that checks a lot of boxes though okay. for, for self-installed and just, just folks looking for the right entry level, um, product. Good looking product. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's not a ton of, uh, colors out. It's still fairly new, but it is a, a really good, good-looking product. Y'all been putting it through a battery of tests at the shop. We have, we have. <laughs> I feel bad for it almost. Julie <laughs> yeah, owes us a new sample. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is that the one you were showing us that you lit on fire? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. it didn't burn. I mean, it, you put was it, it was acetone? Yeah, we put acetone on it, uh, and it burned out. Uh, no surface damage. You which couldn't is, even see where the acetone liquid no, had been. And that's it was great. Just gone. That's great. Uh, when you, you set your house on fire, uh, your floor is going to hold up, I guess. But the nice thing <laughs> Not about Not spread it, the fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, the nice thing about it is you look at like the vinyl plank compared to this laminate, and that was a, that was fire we had on this, right? Well, it's waterproof, these vinyl planks, but they're not heatproof. And boiling water is hot. Just in the kitchen. Yeah, bo- boiling, boiling water. Boiling water is hot, and that'll destroy that floor. That won't destroy this floor. And it's water resistant, so you can wipe it up. Very good. And the, what is the name of the what is the the name of the tree? I've already forgot. Loblolly. Loblolly tree is okay. where it comes from. Yeah, it's the That's highest. That's the core. The core yeah. is made of okay. the loblolly tree. It's a, a southern yellow pine. All and right. And so it's really dense in resin, and that it's actually this is a really nice product um, for you know when it comes to clean material off gassing and stuff like that uh, because it. The core is literally just made. What's holding it together is pressure and resin from the tree. That is a nice feature, the lack of off-gassing. So that's the Mohawk Revwood. Revwood. I'm I'm pretty familiar with the Shaw Cortec. We've seen a lot of that. Again, if someone would like to get a hold of Bram Flooring, that number? 623-974-9777. Thanks a million for coming in, guys. And now showroom open on Saturdays till 2? Saturdays we are open till 2, yeah.